Welcome to Executives at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by MEF. I'm your host, Pascal Benazes. Join me as we explore thought-provoking perspectives from the leaders and changemakers who are propelling enterprise digital transformation forward. Welcome, Mirko Voltalini, VP of Innovation at Coal Technology Services. For this episode, we're going to get some great insight from all your great experience. And you're such a luminary in this industry. And you, I mean, so many awards, you, yourself and Colt has won. I mean, every time I go to a conference, I see you winning awards. <laughs> it's crazy. You must have a, pl- you know, a whole room of awards now. But anyways. Thanks, Pascal. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk. Yes, we do have a big room with uh, lots of the awards back at Colt. But um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's been quite a journey to uh, to to go through uh, lots of changes in the telecom industry, and we've been one of the the the, the drivers, the pushers behind the uh, adoption of automation uh, in the telecom community. So I'm quite proud of that. Oh, absolutely. We'll talk about it in a second here. But but just about your background, you you have obviously extensive background. Uh, Please, please tell us all, all about your background if you can. Yes, yeah, so I am uh, responsible for uh, innovation at Call now. Uh, I run a function that is focused on uh, developing new capabilities for for uh, for Colt. So it's about uh, uh, disruptive innovation, about bringing new uh, source of growth for for the company. I've been in this industry for uh, over twenty years. Uh, always been pushing. Uh, uh, Development and new capabilities uh, uh, within uh, within the company. Uh, focus on engineering and focus on uh, product development. Sounds like you have a great job. <laughs> yes, I enjoy the fun job. Work. Fun job. And you also, I just recently learned that you moved from London to Milan, which yes, Milan is a beautiful yes. city. Yes, Italy, I moved Italy. back to Milan. It was going to happen at some point, so I took the chance during the pandemic huh, to yeah. move back. But I'm always in London as of well. Of course, so. of course, such close, yeah. so close. But you know. Colt was an early adopter of the MEF LSO Sonata APIs. These are these automation APIs that we've been doing in MEF. And so what were the drivers to do? And basically for your customers and for Colt, what was the motivation and, and what we believe, why did you believe it was so important? We approached uh, the, I mean, I think you can approach this type of uh, uh, transformations in largely two ways, broadly two ways. One is. Uh, try to become more efficient and drive costs down. The other one is to, to bring to market uh, innovative services. So we took this, the second route. We really wanted to get uh, uh, our customers to, uh, to get a different user experience to consume connectivity services uh, and to be able to innovate with that. Uh, so we took the approach of uh, uh, creating um, uh, capabilities that uh, allows our customers to consume connectivity services in a truly on-demand uh, real-time fashion, uh, allowing them to bypass the cumbersome manual, uh, lengthy, slow experience of uh, uh, manual ordering and activation. And if you look at uh, uh, how the industry in general, not just telecom, but IT and telecom and cloud in particular, has been moving over the last few years, uh, uh, providing a cloud-like experience to our customers to consume telecom services. So try to differentiate ourselves in the market with this. I would think the listeners would probably think that's just a normal, that everything should be like that. But that you're telling me that's not, right? No, that's not the case, <laughs> no, surprisingly. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the telecom industry, I must say, has been uh, uh, 
I mean, we're in a difficult situation as we have lots of reliance on uh, uh, manual, uh, uh, the need to, to deliver physical uh, capabilities to customers to, to enable them to, to consume connectivity services. Um, uh, and also we have the other challenge of the fact that uh, by nature, telecom is not uh, a single company cannot be global. Uh, so we don't have the luxury of being like the cloud provider, uh, global uh, over the top. So we have to work with each other and, uh, and in particular to deliver connectivity services globally. And in particular when uh, enterprises need to consume uh, networking services, they, we always end up with the need of uh, rely on some, some other carriers, some other uh, service providers to extend connectivity to other locations where we're not present. And so this complexity uh, has been hampering the industry with uh, the fact that uh, uh, delivery of a service uh, uh, required multiple steps, uh, multiple uh, uh, entities involved, uh, uh, and largely again uh, manual processes to execute on, uh, on this. So overall, uh, uh, it's, it's uh, normal that it takes several weeks for a service to be activated to a customer. Wow, that's a very long time. So let's just if paint, not months. Huh? Let's paint out the use case. What you're saying is you, you have a huge footprint in Europe Right, with even fiber yes. to, to buildings and everywhere. Um, and you, re as a retail service provider, you service your customers, right? And then also probably globally too, you probably have salespeople that do globally too. But you have to look like you have a global presence. You do, but you have to look like your network is global even with every access loop potentially in the planet. Exactly, so but, we have but you, but you have to rely on partners to give you that access loops because you don't have an access loop in every part of the planet. You just have it in your regions. Yeah, exactly. We have a, um, Colt has a significant uh, asset uh, on the ground. We cover uh, over uh, 30,000 enterprise buildings. So we're actually very deep uh, yeah. down in the metro areas in over 50 cities. In Europe and or, or North America? In Europe, in, uh, in Asia and partly in North America, okay. but mostly in Europe and in Asia. Okay. So Japan, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, oh, I didn't and know. the majority of the countries in Europe. Uh, and uh, we, we reach uh, over a thousand data centers now. Uh, some of our own, some and everybody else uh, data centers uh, that uh, needs to be connected. So we have a, a significant uh, fiber footprint, however, Again, as you said, that we need to connect customers globally. We serve large enterprises with needs across the globe, often several countries, and especially on the local loop, the local access in locations where we're not present. We need to rely on others to extend our coverage to, to the last mile. To the last mile. So that's, that's the key point is you have a global backbone, you have lots of fiber to lots of buildings, but not in every possible building on the planet. And you have customers that are global in nature, and so you have to rely on partners. And what you're saying that that takes months sometimes to turn those loops on, uh, those local loops in those, in those out, of, out of footprint. Yeah, yourself. exactly. Especially if you look at uh, uh, large deployments, uh, customers, uh, uh, clients requiring uh, VPN connectivity, SD1 connectivity, uh, across uh, hundreds of locations, uh, the process, uh, the, 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 the amount of time it takes to, to go through the actual delivery often uh, extend over multiple years if you have a very, very large network deployment uh, with uh, also the fact that uh, uh, there is 
often a migration involved, uh, so it's a complex uh, process by itself, but also the fact that we need to rely on ourselves uh, as well as third parties uh, to connect all this uh, to make it all look like one, to make it all look like one, requires several several months. Yeah, incredible, and and really, so people don't realize. So this Sonata API automation was this intercarry automation that allowed you to see other carriers' wholesale assets of loops, last mile loops, whether it be you carry Ethernet or now internet access is a big thing for SD WAN scenarios, right? And um, DIA, dedicated internet access or broadband. And even though you might not own that, they expect you as a retail operator that they expect you to manage it wholesale for underlay loops that you don't even operate or own, but you still have to look like you operate it and own it and be responsible for it. Yeah, so, the typical purchasing model from a, a, an enterprise is uh, we are, uh, the carrier is the prime. There is one prime that right. uh, aggregates connectivity for, uh, for, uh, for them, uh, so avoiding uh, uh, the complexity, that's, that's the job, that's of, a, job. of a carrier, yeah. uh, avoiding the complexity of de dealing with uh, sometimes carriers. again many, many carriers. Huh? So uh, you touched on Sonata, I think the, the division of, uh, of uh, inter-carrier and also carrier to enterprise uh, APIs, uh, automation through APIs is to enable this uh, uh, automated uh, real-time consumption model exactly. uh, to remove this complexity, this lengthy experience, this cumbersome experience, uh, again, and make uh, tele telecom services uh, uh, more and more cloud-like. Yeah, I just, I don't think listeners realize that there's that much of complexity involved with all these providers that have to kind of work together as manual. So it's, it's great that you kind of enlightened uh, the process. So thank you. So where is Colt uh, seeing the greatest growth and in interest for on-demand? So we launched, um, uh, as, as I said, uh, our focus has been um, on bringing new services to market rather than uh, just purely focusing on efficiency. Efficiency come together with that, uh, but again, we really wanted to get uh, new services out. We launched uh, quite a few years ago in 2015, late 2015, so it's uh, almost seven years we have a production uh, system that allows customers to consume connectivity in an on-demand, real-time fashion. It's now been extended across the entire network, uh, so we cover all, all our countries and all our buildings, our, all our data centers, uh, and multiple different type of services. Um, I mean, we see uh, uh, what's next. What well, we see significant growth again, enabling connectivity end to end uh, uh, to other partners uh, is key. We need to be able to extend uh, this. Uh, uh, Significant, uh, significant, simple user experience to to the, the whole uh, set of requirements that customers have in terms of global coverage. So mm. onboarding more and more carriers uh, is key. If you look at what we have been achieved so far with uh, Sonata API, there is more than 20 carriers in yeah. production, uh, which is a significant yeah. achievement. I and think we should be large, yeah, 50, proud 60. of the success of, uh, of, of this and it's gonna, it's gonna continue to grow. However, to, to, to be able to cover, uh, again, uh, global global needs, we need to, to continue to grow that, uh, that coverage and uh, onboard more and more carriers. So for us, the priority and what we see the growth is expanding what we have uh, to other carriers. Other services as well, uh, you touched on uh, internet access. I mean, largely, we have been focused uh, all, uh, all of us on uh, Ethernet connectivity, mm. which has been uh, uh, the, the largest uh, service uh, for, uh, for, for, for us carriers. Uh, now there is a shift uh, towards uh, internet access uh, with uh, 
uh, as the one driving the need, the need uh, and enabling uh, the use of uh, the internet as a, as a underlay connectivity as opposed to just purely using dedicated internet connectivity. Right. So the focus uh, and the need also for our on-demand services is to continue to expand uh, uh, through the coverage, expanding also to internet access. That's where is key uh, also where Sonat, the Sonata API needs to go to, uh, expanding, extending uh, what the great job has been done so far also to internet access. Which is being worked on anyways right now. Yes, it is. So the idea is you could go to any carrier in the world and say, I need these internet loops for my SD-WAN offering, and you know, what capabilities do you have? Or is it IP broadband or dedicated internet access? What speed and blah, blah, blah. And then finally, once you get all that, you have to still look like you're operating it, but you have to get that operations from the third party, right? So you have to know how well that loop is operating. You can't just say, oh, it's it's provision, it's done. You need to know if it's operating correctly, right? Yeah, we need to be able to control it. Uh, we need to be able to uh, um, manage the whole life cycle. Yeah, the life cycle. Uh, provide visibility yeah. to the end customers yeah. about the performance. I mean, our vision in essence is to create a, a, a marketplace, an aggregation of all the connectivity capabilities uh, so that we can expose to our customers uh, a single pane of glass uh, whereby they can consume connectivity services across the world, regardless yeah. of whether it is such as purely called a footprint or somebody else's footprint. Yeah, exactly. exactly. With an integrated user experience. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure that's why you won so many awards. <laughs> um, so API ado adoption is near the top of the CIO priorities list according to Colt CIO research. So what should people consider when it comes to API adoption, how important is standardization? I, I hear this all the time, so please yeah. help. Yeah, I mean, API, um, uh, you hear uh, talking about the CIOs and enterprise talking about APIs all the time now. I think what is important uh, is that you need to approach this type of, uh, these are transformation initiatives. Adopting API is not just about uh, bringing in new technology, a new tool. It's about uh, changing the way you operate. It's about, uh, I think it's about a shift in the mindset. It's about, uh, moving to uh, an automation first uh, approach. If you only deploy, uh, look at uh, deploying APIs as yet another IT tool in the arsenal that already exists in the enterprise space, uh, you're going to fail. You're not going to, you're not going to bring significant uh, improvement. You need to look at how processes work end to end and see where automation through APIs uh, can remove manual steps, uh, can automate, can simplify the experience can take away the frictions uh, that uh, that that, ha that happens because of the manual steps. So I think you need to have that mindset in in uh, that that approach in mind first when you when you look at implementing APIs. Um, so you were talking about standard. Why is standardization important? I think there is an an east-west standardization of APIs, which is important. Uh, in essence, uh, we all live in an ecosystem whether you like it or not. Yep, exactly. For carriers, it's an ecosystem of telecom services and IT services. If you are in another vertical, if you are in manufacturing, there is an ecosystem of a, a number of other digital components. And again, with the world moving more and more to digital, uh, East-West API standardization is uh, uh, key to enable this uh, user journey to be automated across uh, the enterprise and uh, the other participants in the ecosystem. 
That's one element of the standardization. The other element, uh, the other angle is uh, north to south APIs. Uh, mm. um, this is more of a, uh, the driver here is more uh, driving efficiency and agility, being able to- Within uh, your own network. Within your own network. So being able to, within your own stack, being able yeah. to uh, change components uh, below without being locked into a specific uh, technology. Uh, so you can uh, go to a best of breed approach or the, rather than a best of suite approach. Uh, mm -hmm. You can change uh, elements of the IT stack without uh, re-architecting the whole thing. So API again, north to south, uh, between the elements of the stack are important to enable that agility. Got it. So let me just understand. So inter-providers, the east-west you're talking about, and there you need standardization because you can't, for example, have proprietary APIs to one provider, east-west, and then another provider, another one, because then you're going to have like tons of integration that you're going to have to do. Every provider you connect to will have to talk separate language, like English, French, German, you know, and that's just that's just a lot of complexity and a lot of development. Exactly. So, yeah. so if you can, everybody can agree on a standard on a communicating in the east-west between operators, then you're saying that removes a lot of complexity, increases that whole real-time on-demand cloud-like experience without having to create all new languages for every time you connect to another Exactly, provider. I think you said it right, the, the language knowledge is a good one. You need a common language. You live in an ecosystem, yeah. uh, you need to speak the same language yeah. to, to uh, quickly engage uh, uh, other entities in the ecosystem. A good example, again, back to the carrier, is uh, telecom and cloud. We need to be able to integrate cloud, cloud, uh, the cloud uh, into the overall uh, service. So exactly. activating a cloud elements into, uh, uh, in conjunction with a connection is, is fundamental. And having those common APIs uh, enable us to do it without reinventing the wheel all the time. Yeah. That's for telecom. Enterprises, again, within their own verticals, uh, uh, could be different type of needs. Got it, got it. So what's the next for Sonata API Workstream and what are customers looking for? That, that'd be really interesting. What do you, we're, you know, number one, you know, you, Colt, and yourself was the original pioneers of getting this off the ground, the sponsorship of this project. So thank you very much. And I think it's really benefit the industry. And uh, there was others like Orange and AT&T and others have also been part of this. So I remember Inky being day one, uh, but obviously so being, you know, a champion, a sponsor, and a very forward-looking person, what what do you think is uh, the work streams and, and where are Colt's customers looking for? Yeah, what, what do we need to go next? I think yeah, there, is a, we, there is a, um, uh, a number of priorities. Uh, I think adoption, adoption, and adoption. <laughs> well, <I think> <laughs> <laughs> the first three. Yeah. No, uh, uh, yeah, seriously, definitely. Uh, expand. I think we, we need to capitalize on significant work uh, and success uh, achieved so far. Again, we have 20, 25 carriers in production. Uh, we need to get to hundreds to, right. to, to, have, to get this uh, way of operating pervasive across the industry. Otherwise, uh, we're not going to capitalize on the, the benefits that's of, exactly right. that we have, we have achieved. So I think that's a, more of a short to midterm priority. Uh, I think we are at the cusp of this, this growth yeah. with uh, the Definitely. projection we have in this year, next year we will reach uh, significant volumes. So I'm confident on that. The other area is we touched on, on it uh, earlier, internet access is the other foundation in the underlay. Yeah. Uh, 
been able to extend the, the, the significant work done so far to that uh, other type of connectivity uh, is going to be a significant enabler for SD1. I think those are the, the top two short-term priorities. There's then a lot, a lot of great work uh, being done on uh, a number of other areas, more up the stack, like SD1, SASE, uh, SASE uh, identity, yeah. uh, blockchain-based blockchain. uh, trust networks. Yeah. Uh, that uh, will uh, allow us to expand uh, and create additional value. Uh, I would say the probably the next one in terms of priority for us is SD1. We need, um, we again need to be able to create global networks and uh, today SD1, they uh, functions, uh, the technology functions still as a silos depending on the vendor. You can't uh, interconnect uh, two different technologies with each other. So to me, that's another big uh, uh, limitations today that we need to tackle. And that's a universal SD-WAN edge project, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then what about, um, you know, SASE, you, are you, uh, do you deliver a SASE service today at cybersecurity? Yes, we do. We oh, do. you do? Okay. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, our uh, portfolio goes uh, down from dark fiber up to optical Ethernet, uh, uh, internet access, uh, SD1 and, and security. Okay. We don't go up above that, but security is. is but edge computing is coming next to it. And edge computing, computing I, I consider to, to some extent an extension of the network. Right? Okay, got it. Okay. Uh, so we do have a SASE offering uh, as part of our SD1 uh, service, uh, so in conjunction, uh, a number of different security uh, offerings uh, for remote access as well for uh, just global networks. Yeah, and I think that's exactly where this inter-provider Sonata interlude APIs would come in, is that it goes beyond just connectivity now. It's the ability that you may want by edge compute to put your SASE bit somewhere else, you know, in some other location. You need edge compute to do that, put your SASE, you know, your, your bits somewhere else. But I think also maybe you might want to find some SASE provider, the a provider uh, cloud that you might just want to, like a Zscaler I model. Exactly. And yeah, you're yeah. just saying, you know, I've got, you know, three SASE vendors, but this time the fourth one, I'm not going to vertically integrate. I'm just going to use Sonata Interlude, tie it to back to them, because might we might be have us to the downstream market to SMBs. You know, you don't need that full vertical integration at your edges and your pops, and just tie it back to their clouds. I think that's another huge, huge use case. Coming yeah, out. yeah, 100% agree. I think our strategy has evolved quite a lot from. Uh, vertical integrations to partnership. Yeah. Uh, we don't want and don't need to always uh, fully integrate a, a technology and uh, become the direct seller of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it takes a long time in the end to do that type of a, a vertical integration. So we, are, we prefer to, to focus on a subset of the right. uh, what's really important for us and then the rest we want to bring it in uh, mm -hmm. as part of a uh, partnerships uh, integration uh, through, again, API. Exactly. Uh, and so I think the beauty of Sonata is the fact that you can extend uh, yeah. the payload to cover any kind of service. Exactly. You can buy not just connectivity, but also other type of services. Yeah, so like that's part of our side. I was talking about a marketplace. It's not a, just a marketplace of connectivity, but it's a marketplace of digital services. Yeah. You should be able to uh, create uh, connectivity to a cloud, to uh, SaaS uh, capabilities, to other type of digital services of any kind. Got it, got it. So what are the, what really are most what are you most excited about when it comes to your work at Mass? So. Um, I mean, it's a great community. I'm very passionate about uh, uh, the telecom industry evolving, uh, and uh, to me, uh, collaboration and uh, 
adoption of standards uh, is uh, fundamental for the reasons we discussed earlier about uh, east-west that we're all part of the same community so yeah. we we have to and we really need to 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 come collaborate together. with this come together uh, what is also great of math is the fact that um, as a great community lots of uh, 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 inspiring individuals uh, and uh, coming together uh, networking uh, uh, in the MEF community brings significant value. I lead innovation at Colt, so for me, being out and about and learning and listening to what everybody else is doing, discussing, is part of my daily job. So this is a great community to be part of it. If you're not part of it yet, come, come with us. Well, thank you, I, I totally agree. Well, with that, I wanna thank you, Marco. You know, you're such a luminary in the industry, you won so many awards for Colt, and certainly I can see why. And uh, but thank you so much. I mean, I think we just announced the Technology Advisory Board at the MEF, and uh, you are a, a board member of the MEF, and I think this collaboration between technology providers and service providers in a bigger, broader context is gonna be very powerful and impactful. So uh, with that, thank you so much. Thanks, Pascal, it was a pleasure.